Welcome once again to The Lost Signals Discusses Games and Gaming Culture, a pretentious, philosophical, pedantic podcast where we focus on various aspects of video games as well as other issues and topics within gaming in general. Hi, and welcome back to Lost Signals Discusses Games and Gaming Culture. I am your last samurai standing, Scott Thurlow, here with my fellow Ronin, Jonathan Ian Manzer. I'm more of a six-string samurai. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Amosi. And I am going to assassinate people, but not by choice. Indeed. And yes, uh, as you may have gathered, uh, maybe, maybe a little late to the party, but we're going to talk about Ghost of Shima, the recent release Sucker Punch new title. About I think it came out about mid-late-ish July, so it's about early mid-August right now, the day of this recording. And yeah, we've all been enjoying this game, and I'm going to go over to E to tell us about his experiences, because I think you are the first one who did it. Well, I bought it digitally, or I pre-ordered it, actually. Mm. And I spent, oh, about three days straight <laughs> platinuming uh-huh. uh, Ghost of Shima. I love it. It's one of my favorite games of the PS4 era. And even if we're late to the party, it's still a game worth talking about. Mm. Certainly. That's uh, my experience with it, a glowing review. Yeah, so it's funny because like we for sure mentioned it's like you dig back in our back catalog in like E3, I want to say 2017 or 18 or something like that, they shoot off the trailer slash the teaser for this game. And we were all were like, holy shit, that looks so good. Like, right, it looks amazing. I can't wait to play it. And then it was about two years. Like, not much came out of it. They didn't say a lot out of their camp one or another, like, assuming they were just working on it. So when it finally dropped, as it got closer, I was sort of like jonesing to play it right i i, I had pre-ordered the uh, physical copy so which meant i had to wait a little bit uh to actually get it shipped to me so like the day it was supposed to come i was like oh, i can't wait like i was taking off of work and shit like i was like i'm taking that day work and yeah like i have in my raw notes like i often do impressions of any game i play like throughout the year right it's almost like to me the culmination of third world action game design in a sense action adventure design it strips out a lot of the bullshit from what has come before, like the things that are annoying. And like, even Steve, I think you can talk about it in a sec. Like you're probably less tolerant of that kind of shit than even and I would be even in general. So it just does a great job. And yeah, if this is like a swan song for this generation, it's one of the best ones. And I will give you guys some numbers in, in, a, in a few when we get to it, but just on the surface, it had a lot of hype around it. And certainly I personally got more hyped for it as the countdown uh, clicked to release date. And yeah, once I got my hands on it, like you said, he, I just could not stop playing it for a week straight or so. Like every free second I had was going to be devoted to Tsushima. And I enjoyed every second of it. So with that, what's your impression so far, Sivo? Because I know you're a little bit, uh, you haven't, Ian, I've completed it. You have not. So you're, you are where you are. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit behind. I'm, I'm maybe halfway through the game, I would say around that at this point. And um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Uh, so this is a type of game that has caused me to kind of lose interest in the past, just in terms of the the mechanics of it and how and how it's put together. I'm hoping that that that's not the case in this game. I, I've been really loving it so far. There's a lot of not only like technically great parts of it. It looks amazing, as you can see on my background. If you're watching this, oh, it's a beautiful um, game. Yeah, of course. It's also like mechanically a really great game in terms of the fighting and the and the sword fighting and stuff like that. 
and there's also like really interesting stories that are going on. Um, I hope, and, and, and you guys have kind of said like, it seems to not get too fetch questy towards the end. Um, so that's good. And I'm looking forward to playing the rest of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it strips away a lot of like the annoyance of bullshit of the game design that you've sort of like come to know and probably are familiar with from such a game in this genre. But I think that's one of the many strengths of it though. Well, one of the fascinating aspects uh, is the response that Ghost of Tsushima has had. Indeed. Uh, one is that critics in general tend to have a slightly more negative view of it than the general public does, which it has overwhelmingly positive reviews. And the Reddit uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a, incredibly active. It's a cool thread. Uh, and it seems to, uh, it's interesting because this is kind of a theme that's coming up is that as I continue in, uh, uh, as a critic in quotes, I, I'm noticing things that develop in a critic's mind when they're looking at a work that might not resonate with uh, a general, general audience, audience versus general audience loving something that a critic doesn't see. So especially because they play or if they're watching movies, they watch all the movies. They play games, they play all the games. And it seems that you're right when you say that this took all of the elements of what came before. And actually, I think it's a great codifier as the end of the generation because it was a perfection yeah. like of a one of the most common types of games yeah. out there nowadays. But even like, uh, interesting, I found that like uh, the Yakuza director was like, oh, this is a great game. Japan should have made it first. And I see that like ja- the Japanese are in love with this game, where since I've seen negatives from uh, Asian American descendants uh, from Japan, or like oh cultural appropriation, where versus like actual Japanese, like I love this work. So it's uh, it's fascinating that the, that conflict between uh, the academia versus the uh, uh, regular. Yeah, yes, it certainly got a lot of like analysis, mm-hmm. like more so than I've seen a lot, a lot of, about a lot of games and. Some of it is certainly clickbaity, at least to me, like from the feeds that I've got, like certainly. But um, I wanted to tie in, uh, speaking of the reaction you said, right? So I'll just give you some hard and fast numbers about it because that always sort of like, I'm intrigued by these kinds of things. Yeah. So it sold 2.4 million copies in the first three days of release. So I believe, again, like I said, it released like mid, late July. So three days of launch, that made it Sony's... um, if you had to mention, it's a Sony exclusive, it's PS exclusive. So unfortunately, if you don't have PS, you cannot play Ghost at this time. But given that it was exclusive, it is their fastest selling original IP, uh, breaking the record from Horizon Zero Dawn, which I felt like to sort of tie both things in. When I played Horizon Zero, I was like, oh, yeah, it takes many familiar elements from these mm. kinds of games. And like, I felt like the same reaction I had to that as I had to Ghost, but even like in more so in a sense, yeah. because it's been four years since that, right? So it overtook that, Steve-O. It also took, uh, overtook Bloodborne, which was previously one of the fastest-selling original IPs, and Days Gone, which also exists. Um, <laughs> it was a top-selling game on the UK charts for three weeks running, uh, even when it was like somewhat against uh, Animal Crossing, like shit like that. It was against yet Last of Us, technically, right? And here's some further information that I thought was pretty cool that I didn't know or I wasn't familiar with. In Japan... It sold about 220k copies in the first week, surpassing their record, which is previously held by Death Stranding, mm-hmm. which wasn't that like well, Death Stranding wasn't that long ago. That's, uh, that's it, really interesting because Death Stranding yeah. was a like a 
Yeah. Almost American title made by a Japanese guy was yeah, like the opposite. By Kojima's like, production studios, for yeah. sure. Right? So it's a, it's a publication called, uh, sorry if I mispronounce it, uh, Famous, Famitsu, I believe, is like a big, like, um, they cover a lot of video games over in Japan. And a site that collates their data is that, so Death Stranding sold about 185,000 copies in its launch week, which was ahead of uh, Gran Turismo, blah, blah, sorry, some numbers. Is, all right, here's the interesting Tsushima was only the third Western developed game by Fushima to receive a perfect score from the publication. A mm. 40 out of 40. The other two were Grand Theft Auto V and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, that's, like, pretty damn impressive. I given, like, yeah, given that those are, like, the, the only other ones and, like, they don't give out perfect scores uh, seemingly versus, like, the American publications, which I have an issue with. But I'm just saying, like, those are the numbers and, like, that was the reception for it. And also, the last stat I have for you is, as of this time, it is the highest user-rated game of this generation on Metacritic with a 9.3. That's higher than, higher than God of War. It's higher than Spider-Man. It's higher than like Halo's. I have a bunch of Xbox shit. Higher than Last of Us, which has its own thing. But all I'm saying is, like, yeah, to Ian's point, the reception on it has been, by and large, very well received. Where, yeah, critics are a little like, less enthused about it, but they're still quite enthused. So I'll, I'll say this is one of the, you know, I mean, I, I don't play nearly as many games as you do, Scott, but this is one of the few games that like really has my attention of, you know, the last sure. five, six years, right? Like it's tough for me to get super I think into a game these days within our small group, right? Yeah. And, um, of those games that you mentioned, uh, honestly, I probably put God of War higher than this because that was just like, broke so much new ground like this is like an amazing version of a game i've played before that was like a new game to me almost that's fair and like this would be like kind of on par with how i rate spider-man the last spider-man game which i absolutely loved and this is kind of like my enjoyment rating is kind of at the same point with the with those two games i would say so of those games that you mentioned that's kind of where i'm at so would you compare web slinging around new york similar to standoffs (laughs) <laughs> it it, it the, like the standoff mechanic is perhaps like the only really new thing about this game and but it's so fucking amazing <laughs> i absolutely love doing standoffs and um it just makes you feel fucking really cool while you're doing it and like you're in it like you're in it you know it's it's got that um, as many people have said before, and like it's kind of the point of the game, but like it's got that Kurosawa factor, and like moments like that, or like the duels, really make you feel like you're yeah, in a movie. The duels, fucking sick. And like, yeah, it's it's just it it's 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 all these things that you've done before, but like polished down to like the best parts of them, and and also kind of made to have a certain aesthetic which you haven't really seen before, I don't think. Like, even... At least um, not as much. Even Sekiro, which came out, like, fairly recently, had... I disliked quite a bit. Agreed. Had, uh, I, I, you know, like, I, I can't say I disliked Sekiro. Uh, I, there was a lot of it that was really cool, but it got down to... It was a From Software game that I wasn't nearly as into as, like, some of the other ones, and which makes it... Like, you really have to fucking love From Software games to get through them. And, um... But it has, like, some of that same type of, like aesthetic but this one i think polishes it down a bit more and like makes it more cinematic i guess like japanese cinematic which really you can feel while you're playing and it's, it's awesome 
I actually think this is a good jumping off point yep. for another topic on this. Sure. Because uh, I've been actually do. watching a lot of, yeah, I use the term academic when I, earlier, which I should have said critical, because I've actually been looking at uh, academic analysis of like, uh, Japanese historians. There's a famous one of an Italian professor in Japanese history. Uh, but the idea is that while this isn't necessarily a 100% accurate reproduction of the Mongol invasion of uh, the first Mongol invasion of Japan, it's an accurate presentation of uh, Kurosawa. Film. <laughs> right. So in a sense, it's yes, it's embracing Japanese history, but it's also embracing modern Japanese mythology of the Within samurai. It. Yes. And I think that's where that kind of like, if you're by kingdom come, that's a historically accurate work to perhaps an isolating level. This is an embracing of uh, the mythology of a culture that is very accessible and exactly. it, ha- it, it holds that level of like the concepts of honor, the concepts of, uh, 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 sacrifice that go into the kind of uh, what I think in general population views Japan to be like, and that's I think where it captured the imagination of people. Someone said like it was like this isn't accurate historically, but it's accurate because there's nothing wrong with that, and I don't think like I think that that's why this is great. Yeah, I mean, right, I agree, like, right? Like it's sorry, it's a spiritual homage essentially, and like I said, I, um, or I mentioned precast that. Sucker Punch of Devs, like they said that, like we're not trying to recreate like, necessarily a one to one. What we want to do is is do a a very respectful and but also original idea, but using the elements of specifically Kurosawa films and the mythology therein, the storytelling that he used utilized with, when he was making films uh, within that, right? Translate it to a game that will be fun and also like like you said, Sivo, have a cinematic flair to it that. Not, isn't qu- quite the case that other games within its sphere would would have otherwise. So right, I, th- I think it's, I think this is something that like wants to like tell you a little bit about the history, but over um, more important than, than that is at all at, like at all times they when they were designing this, I feel like they wanted to hold like themes and the in-game narrative and especially like the aesthetic of the world uh, above like anything else. Like they wanted to create this feeling more so than like this exact history. Yeah, right? exactly. Which I think is happening a lot these days. And like, I, I feel like I find myself talking in the same way about a lot of things um, in TV, right? Like the great, uh, which just came out or like things like that. And, and, and like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Right. Like, I think things like this make you go and look up the actual history of what's of what happened there. Like you're, you get more interested in it and you can go and find out what actually happened pretty easily. But what you can't get easily is this aesthetic, this feeling of like what's going on in this world. And, and that's something that it gives to you that you can't get from reading a history book, you know, like I, I, and I, and I really love it for that. Now I haven't played the modern, uh, Assassin's Creed games, but I played a number of the original, uh, the the uh, Enzio trilogy, and, right. uh, and it's interesting because I feel that those uh, there's has to be comparisons between Assassin's Creed Certainly, and I don't uh, disagree. But it's interesting. I feel that the more modern day Assassin's Creed are on are on the pathway that Ghost is, but the original ones were 
doing history with their own mythology. And so they had to focus heavily on mythology of the animus and the Templars and all that. And, the crap, yeah. and where this is getting rid of everything, but creating uh, the, the historical, historical yeah. Japan with the mythology of the samurai. I think that's what makes it um, a stronger narrative. I agree. Like I said, so like they ship away, like, so for example, like given that specific example, right? The AC series, which again, as listeners and you guys might know, is up and down for me. But certainly, like you can't avoid comparing them, or at least including them in the conversation when you're talking about ghosts. Mm-hmm. But I think the big difference is, like, yes, they didn't have to, like, they were not burdened by some convoluted lore that they themselves set up. Therefore, they could just put you into the setting, and yeah, like use like some looser circle elements. But there's no other like framework beyond it. Like you're a character in it. Like you're not like animusing yourself into this character right you're just a samurai from the invasion of again roughly sort of um uh there's a word for this that i want to like it's sort of sort of not an amagram right like it's just it's a broad view of like that era and like what was happening so given that again that means they can strip that away and focus on more enjoyable parts without distracting you with that kind of stuff and again uh it goes it works both on the narrative front and on the gameplay front i, I would say you know, in terms of that, like I'm almost on um not on the other side of the argument, but I like never having played fully through an Assassin's Creed game, but watching a bunch and and knowing basically everything about the whole series because I talked to Scott. You, you um, saw the film too, and that uh <laughs> yeah. just is good. But like the thing is, like I feel like the Assassin's Creed series suffered from like bad writing or something, or like they I feel like they fucked up. Like the, that the whole conceit of that and like, it's completely opposite from this, but that's my like a little side argument here. I feel like the whole idea of that I thought was really fucking cool. And I feel like they screwed it up like monumentally and just they squandered the potential the of the series. idea. Like, yes. Like that would have been awesome if they, if it had been pulled off correctly, like the idea that there's this overarching company that like, runs the world that is like sending people back like kind of back in time to like whatever like i i feel like that could have been done really well and i feel like they fucked it up but on that being said i'm glad there's nothing like that in this game to like take away because what's really important in this game is the storyline of what's happening with 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 jin the your hero and and like and like all the people that he meets, like all these like little side quests are so fucking cool. And you get to meet all these interesting characters sure. and go on these interesting little missions. And they're all pretty quick. Like none of them take too long, at least so far. Like the longest ones are like the really big ones. And even those aren't, are like, if you're going through it quickly, like 15, 20 minutes, you know, like maybe a little bit longer, but not too much longer. And I think I just, I, I just love being able to like wander through this world and either a stumble upon things or be like, have the, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at this at some point, but have the world tell you where to go. Right. The, uh, the entire idea of like everything in your surroundings, everything physically around you is like pointing the way that you should be going and like has this like, feeling of connection to the nature of the world and like this, you know, you, you follow foxes, you follow birds, you follow the grass, like the blowing of the wind. All that stuff is, is really fascinating. Like just, just your attunement 
with nature in this is like a really fascinating thing and like uh uh Get to pet some yeah, foxes, and, and it all That's ties in. Pet a goddamn fox every once in a while. It's great. It has a feeling of almost like the Mongols are, and and they are like this invading force, and like nature, the, the entire island is telling you where to go to like stop them. Well, the black smoke of their destruction is uh, intruding upon the nature of your environment oh absolutely and it, it feels like they're an unwanted presence in mm-hmm. this uh, land so you're absolutely right. now like you just said though is that you brought up a number of uh you, you set off a bird you let out a fox and you blew in, in different topics we can cover from here but i want to go back to something you said uh, earlier but uh or kind of diverging from assassin's creed because that was a lot of its themes are broken up with uh, or discussing this overarching plot to uh, how history was shaped, where this can just look at this moment in time exactly. and explore different themes. So I want to talk about that a little okay. bit. Okay. I am fascinated by the ethics of war. I've taken a couple of classes, uh, philosophy classes in college on it. And I think that there's some very interesting discussions going on in this work. I just realized that I didn't write down anybody's name, so I and I never know names. If you've ever watched her shows, I never know names about anything. But he don't even know his um, own no, no name. Yeah, I, I go by multiple ones. So, um, <laughs> of course, honor is going to be a uh, one of the Essential. main frameworks and the limits of honor, but also uh, the, the practical usage of it. And it's fascinating is that I started this game off with having a mixed balance but as i got better i switched over to hard i played it before lethal was uh i got actually very good at the game so i started feeling that actually being the ghost was cheating a little bit that i had power thus it was my responsibility to be honorable in fights sure. and do standoffs but then as the enemy started adapting some of the more negative <laughs> tactics uh, which you haven't gotten to yet, uh, Steve. <laughs> but I started. You'll uh, see. Yeah, I, like, uh, and as the enemy AI adapted, I started implementing more ghosts because that power dynamic has changed. Sure. And I'm fascinated by that. Both what's what is should be what tactics should be and should not be used in war, and how being honorable as a less powerful actor in a war can be harmful. But it should be implemented if you're the more powerful actor in a uh, conflict. I mean, yes, I, I I think that is a something that they've incorporated. Like, how should I say? In any other game, it wouldn't have been as nuanced and subtly fleshed out and and uh, explored as the narrative unfolds, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, on top of everything we just previously said up to this point, that's another point where, like, I don't think Horizons, for example, like narrative was that great it was okay it was fine but it did not reach the levels that ghost was able to reach and the funny thing is like i was going to mention like as i often make my little notes as i mentioned about games if i had to make a blog line for ghost it'd be like assassin's creed colon red dead samurai but that is so reductionist right because those games like they don't they you're right sivo or one of you both of you said the narrative in either of those like while good to some degree does not explore that kind of thing and I think it approaches God of War, as you mentioned, Steve-O, because you can, if, you, if you're RPing, I guess if you want to say, in Ghost, then mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to probably want to do the standoffs, which is also, on top of that, a 
extremely satisfying game mechanic that you haven't quite seen in, in anything else. So it like it ties in however you want to do it. You if you want to do like, your Assassin's Creed kind of thing, like your ghost options, it's totally viable. The game does not punish you. There's no morality meter or anything like that at all. But you do get kind of chastised if like, you uh, here and there. <laughs> yes, but, like, but there's no like again a lot like Sucker Punch made what infamous before this, right? Yeah. So there were certainly like straight up morality meters mm-hmm. in those games. And this there isn't like, but that tension like is there for you as a player and as a person if you want it to be. And I think that's a very impressive achievement that like you can totally ignore it. You're like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to play like whatever is like, you know, efficiently optimal to get through it. But if you're like, if you sort of get more into it, immerse yourself into it, it does make a difference. And it's amazing that they have uh, both uh, are, are viable play styles. All right, sorry, Steve, I'm going to interrupt for a second because with God of War, that had perhaps the most, impressive emotional narrative i've ever played in a game where this i feel has a more philosophical narrative uh one of the better ones sure. i've seen aside from perhaps near but like accessibility with yeah. uh, deeper dives into philosophical uh ethics i think i'm also giving a uh or hopefully we'll be next uh summer giving a talk about this game to be but, expanded uh, upon but yeah. certainly yeah. yeah sorry about that you go on to yeah i mean i i didn't have too much more to say i i, I think that um i actually when you said that you didn't know all the character names, I kind of went off on a, like a, my own little dive to go find the character <laughs> names and like figure them out. Yeah. I was like, oh, which ones was I, was I forgetting? And like, I couldn't remember the cons' names as Kotun Khan and Kotun Khan. But like, as far as all 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 of that goes, you know, I think it's a, a really fascinating. Like in terms of uh, what you said, Ian, where like God of War is a more like emotionally impactful game this is more like philosophically impactful i guess Mm -hmm. i think you're right like there there are like multiple times you know like this is a game that feels like you should feel like you're getting hammered over the head with the fucking message but it doesn't really feel like that exactly although to be fair i did tear up during this game uh with the uh you haven't seen her yet but uh with your uh uh a certain father's mistress Uh, yeah. I actually, I actually, uh, my eyes were, which I actually never cried during God of uh, uh, God of War, but I did tear up. So this had perhaps at its height <laughs> a more emotionally investing story, but where God of War overall was a broader uh, aspect. But no, yeah, yeah, like I mean, you're right. Like I, I, maybe that's like the most impressive part to me. Like amongst uh, ab- above and beyond everything we said about how game design, etc. Like they learn, like they just use the best things from the past and strip down all the stupid bullshit thematically and then like it's like the opposite of ludonarrative dissonance i guess of what i'm saying like ludonarrative uh coherence i suppose whatever like <laughs> you no know, seriously like because it's so subtly there and the writing is it's gonna sound like a backhanded compliment but i don't mean it to be way better than you expect it to be like in a title like this right like and again maybe it's because i'm so trained on like the ac stuff which as you said Sivo, is okay written at best but because they're able to integrate it extremely well. And that sort of like resonates back to you mm-hmm. as a player and mm-hmm. how you're going to approach the combat. Like, even though it doesn't really make a difference at the end of the day, like sometimes a character will like maybe say like a, a thing or two about it, like will comment upon uh, what you did, like your play style, but it by and large doesn't change it. But what it does do is constantly like keep it intertwined, like in a Barthian way, mm-hmm. I guess I yeah. might say, right? Throughout. Hey, Bar- <laughs> yeah, so like, yo, Bars would love this game, uh, certainly. 
right? It, but I'm saying like, it's there, like it never goes away. It's, it's not like ever relegated into the background, but neither is it, uh, as you said, like punching you in the face constantly about it. It just perfectly is there as you go along and it has you choose to play and what you choose to do, even if like the options, like uh, again, like are not that is it not like Skyrim RPG shit, but so, you have, like you have some subtle choices, yeah. but well, if I may, uh, yes. uh, just dive in without giving too many specifics, uh, dive into a couple of things they bring up with, uh, survivor guilt, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the limits of an self-destruction that revenge brings about. Certainly, yes. Proper damage mitigation. Uh, when, uh, like, uh, how much should you work with an enemy group to minimize damage that's done to? Also, the idea is that the the con in here is almost a very Western style uh, sense of imperialism, where mm-hmm. it's uh, if you play the game. Uh, you will have benefits. You be, uh, uh, yeah. But we also see that that causes uh, destruction amongst characters as well, and, uh, like psychological harm. Uh, and it's uh, there's, but I'm just broad brushing the topics. But I think one of the more important things is also it's very much about how the the repercussion of war and how it affects every aspect of the world, not just environmentally, but the random characters you meet. Uh, like uh, all the small quests kind of have a a dive into how this war has affected the lives of people. So it's not just you bloodily massacring a nameless enemy. It's you actually seeing. Yeah. Th- that it, it explores that like yeah. much deeper, like I said, than most games you would think like on the surface would do and have done. Certainly. One of the, one of the most affecting things that I've seen is, um, is that Yuna, one of Yuna's quite like uh, missions is you have to go and like take out this slaver town yeah. that she had previously been in. She like stops and is like, I can't go in there. And you're like, all right, I'll do it. But <laughs> you like decide that you're just going to fucking take the heads of the three main characters. And like, it's such an interesting thing because it makes such a point of like this, you need to be stealth on this mission. Like you can't be seen by anybody except those three guys and you just need to kill them and cut their damn heads off so that the, it will send the message so that to the, the, so yeah. that the story of you as the ghost grows and you scare the Mongols even more, right? Like that's the entire idea. And like, it's such a interesting and, and fun mission to, to be on. Actually, it's very much Dark Knight uh, as the game progresses uh, with uh, the same kind of. I mean, like again, like right, it sort of shares like a little bit of DNA, like a little slightly from like the Arkham stuff. What's the sure best Batman game I ever played? (laughs) But no, like I mean, I'm not sure we we can probably gush about it like forever, but really, like at the end of the day, I think it it takes so many elements and just is so deft with them to meld like important themes and like do an homage to Kurosawa films and his sort of style and philosophy. But Kurosawa was, was heavily philosophical in his work yeah. as well. So, oh, certainly. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it's sort of very impressive that Sucker Punch was able to do all these things and make the highest rated game of this generation so far and a fun as hell game to play. Like even on the surface, like, right. You're like, Oh, another third person action, open world game, like whatever. Right. But when you actually get your hands on it and, compared to many others, I think it is like, uh, as I 
wrote in my notes, the culmination of design and narrative that has come before to tell, to cap off this generation. And I'm very excited to see what they'll do next. And yeah, like if anybody hasn't played ghost yet, we obviously, we all highly recommend it, but for all those reasons. And uh, yeah, as, as he said, uh, he's going to, in fact, delve even further into the thematic and narrative elements about it, about uh, the theme of honor itself and the role of it as portrayed by the game. Because yeah, there's a lot there to dig into, but also it's fucking awesome having samurai duels and cutting dudes' heads and arms off. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like it serves both the visceral and the intellectual, and I think in the best way, in the way that game has not done for me and for many others, you know, based on the reaction of it for a long time mm. in recent memory. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's my final thing. You guys got any? Uh, I could talk about smaller things here and there, but uh, I'm willing to wrap up if you want to. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I think that's a big. Sorry, before you before you go, Sivo. Sure. I think that's one of the big things. Like, there's so much to delve into. Like I said, we can discuss this and we have. We mm-hmm. discussed this game off cast oh, many. We, we, we barely delved into the uh, environments they yep. developed. <laughs> I believe there's uh, 80 separate bio uh, biomes in the game. Yep, that uh, sounds about right. Yeah, uh, and that's in three. Like, yeah, it's. Uh, the idea of uh, uh, photography and uh, uh, cosmetics. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So exactly. much in this game that you talk about. But anyway. Yeah, but that's... Yeah, good. There are so many cool things you can do. I, I, that's worth a mention, actually. There are so many cool things you can do, like, with the camera. There's a full, like, photo mode that, like, allows you to, like, mess with the direction yeah. and speed of the wind, like, the angle of the camera. Like, it's, it is, like, a photographer slash like cinematographers wet dream to like fucking mess around with this game because you can you can just make things look exactly how you want them to look and actually that so a, a game we mentioned earlier uh spider-man had a very similar, had a pretty cool photo mode uh, photo mode surpassed. as well and and i think that games where you can where they work that in but like in a organic way like spider-man was like oh you're a photographer like peter parker's a photographer so this makes sense or like this it's like we're basing this off of like kurosawa's work so this makes sense that you can make it look like a scene from a kurosawa movie uh i i i love that they're doing that and things like that i don't necessarily want to see it in like every game from now on happening because it feels like it would be cheap in a lot of things but like where it makes sense in games like this i absolutely fucking love it yeah man certainly yeah, that's that's as much I definitely as agree. It, ha- it does have one of the most extensive, and if you're like if you're good at it, like you can make some incredible shots. And like, I think one of you mentioned, like check out the Reddit feed of it because people are just posting like some insane, amazing things. Like I, I fucked around with it, but again, like I am no photographer. I don't have a photographer's eye, but it's still like even what I got out of it, I was like, oh sweet, look at that. We, we were all sending each other screenshots yeah. for like <laughs> the whole week we were playing. It's one of the most photographed games of all time. Yeah, from what I understand for sure. And you're right, like, we could certainly go on and on about, like, we certainly missed a few things, but I think the things we did discuss, you know, explained and did it justice as to why I say it's one of the best games of this generation, especially as the tail end switches over. Like, what a hell of a way to, like, close it off, especially for uh, PlayStation. And uh, hopefully, given its re- reception and sales and, and critically and fan base, we shall see some kind of like either maybe not DLC or at least a, if not that, a possible full-on expansion sequel a couple years down the line 
when new gen is in full swing. Yeah. So that would be incredible. Or you can create your own DLCs by going out and samurai chopping people. Yep. You can, I don't uh, necessarily uh, endorse that, but I don't not endorse it either. So either way, <laughs> you're right with there. Don't stab yourself. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Did well, you see a spurt of blood come honorably, out? <laughs> honorably, uh, sheath your sword. Uh, I think we shall bow out for this episode. I have been Scott Thurlow. I went away on my horse. I've been here with Stephen Amosi. And I'll be following every animal I see. And Jonathan Ian Manzer. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adopt some foxes. And honor them. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Good night. Thank you for joining the Lost Signals Games and Gaming Culture. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes for the shows and more, and on Facebook and Twitter for updates. 